Hello and welcome to the PHBS podcast with myself, Will Bowen, and my co-host, Roberta Lazari. Here on the podcast today, we have with us Iru Wang. Iru is the CEO and co-founder of MoBagel. MoBagel is a vendor of AI ML platform technology. It provides auto ML software to enterprises such as Changhua Telecom, Weichuan Foods, and has received a total funding of 21 million US dollars. Iru herself is also a guest lecturer of the National Taiwan Normal University Department of Technology Application. She specializes in computer architecture, design thinking, and company operations. She has represented MoBagel in various competitions and has won multiple awards, including first prize at the Computex InnoVex contest, sixth prize at the Salesforce Dreams Force $1 million hackathon, first prize at the Plug and Play Internet of Things Expo, and placed fifth for the Slush Asia Pitch Finals. She studied electrical engineering at National Taiwan University and has received her master's degree in electrical engineering from Stanford University. She worked at NVIDIA as a hardware engineer before beginning her serial entrepreneur journey where she founded Boards in 2013 and then later MoBagel in 2015. Iru, it's great to have you on the podcast with us today. Oh, hi. Yeah, nice to be here. Iru, welcome to our podcast and thanks for joining us today. Could you tell us a little bit more about your background and how you ended up going down the entrepreneurial path? Yes, so um, as, as you mentioned, I graduated from National Taiwan University studying double E, and I also studied double E in Stanford University. So you might wonder like, um, how did I enter the startup scenario um, if I only studied like engineering, right? Um, so actually in uh, Taiwan, 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 I already uh, participated in a program that's called like creativity and entrepreneurship program. And um, when I first joined the program, I was intrigued by the word creativity. Uh, but then I learned about entrepreneurship when I actually got into the program. So in that program, our professors led us through like the startup journeys they've been through and the successful cases as well as the um, failures and also like how Silicon Valley is like a uh, a really good place to nurture startups. So, which is why um, when I graduated, I, I had to choose between like um, Princeton PhD or Stanford master program. And then I chose Stanford at the end because I wanted to just experience it all. And after I came to the Silicon Valley, I realized that, oh, like people are really doing startups here. Like it's uh, beyond my imaginations. So I also found several um, partners that are interested in doing um, startup with me. And we just started like that before I graduated from Stanford University. So, so it wasn't like, did you come across a problem or was there a kind of collective thinking amongst the people you met about a kind of issue you all agreed with solving? Yeah, so about my first startup, actually it's the, um, the CEO who had an idea and brought it to us. Yeah. And what was the, I guess, criteria by which you chose your initial business partners? Oh, business partners. Um, actually, I think it's kind of just the, the feelings you have for um, people. Yeah, it's not really by... It's not like I have a list of candidates and that I can choose from. 
it's just about like having the same mindset that we want to build this together and the the it's the mindset needed to doing startups so like you will know as you work with them what was this part that or problem that you noticed that led you to launch the company and did you identify it by yourself or talking with your business partners how did it happen yeah so my for my first startup it was the ceo who brought up the idea that on current social media um people aren't really talking their um honest opinions it's more about like superficial opinions so we wanted to create a a, a genuine honest um social network and i love that idea back then so we we just started it like that yeah we just started to create um like a social app for close um friends groups yeah so we tested out at um berkeley which is how we met our fourth co-founder so um he was a berkeley student back then and then um after graduating he he joined the startup yeah so that was pretty interesting and how did you go about orchestrating that that idea validation phase what was kind of step one at berkeley and then what made you go this is something we should really pursue Oh, actually, uh, my first start startup was a failure. So we ended up ending this company. Uh, but like I learned something and my partners learned a lot of things. And then in 2015, um, I started a startup again with my new CEO. And then the, the Berkeley co-founder also joined um, the current startup, which is Bull Bagel. Yeah. So actually in the validation phase, um, we just tested out among many of our social groups and we explored like new, new social groups through um, university network. So that's how we validated the application. And we had several versions of that, about like four versions, yeah. And how did you deal with the failure of the first company? And did it uh, play a role in the creation of the second one? Yeah, so that's a very good um, question. So for the, for the first startup's failure, um, one thing that I learned that's very important for a startup is that um, like a lot of people say, most startups kill themselves before somebody else kills them. So that's basically the idea that in a startup, um, if you get too political or if you just care about like who makes the decision and who who isn't making the decision or like who got 1% more of the company's shares, because when you got only three people in your startup, if one person got like 1% more of the company, that that means somebody else got 1% less of the company. So it's kind of like a zero sum game of the shares in the company. And if you really just, you're really into that game, then there's no way out. When you're first starting your startup, it's really important to just trust your partners and not just feel like I'm contributing more than you and um, just going down the wrong path. Yeah, um, that's really interesting. And putting the, um, I guess, the 
uh, equity distribution to to one side are there um any like journeys on the second startup that any challenges that you've encountered that um are particularly memorable that you've had to overcome you mean on the in the first startup or in this current one the second one oh the second one yeah the second one the thing that we did very very well at was that all the partners trusted each other's and that was really important to um to get us over with all kinds of hardship for example like um we had like 15 employees but we couldn't do we couldn't get through the next paycheck and what do we do do we go to the bank do we go to talk to our angel investors or do we just um, talk to our family to get to get us through the paycheck um that kind of hardship we've um like experienced it together yeah turning more specifically to um uh, mo bagel where that is right now and where you see it going yeah so um actually we just closed around at the end of last year we closed a 12 million uh us dollar round and right now we're raising another round and we're also preparing for our um, official series b round by the end of this year um, because our business has grown from um, 5.4 million to 9.3 million in revenue uh, in 2021. And so we're on like a really good um, growth rate, which is 72% year over year growth rate. And we hope to see that even grow probably um, to 2X of revenue this year. And with that tra trajectory, we have many VCs that are interested in us. And we also have like banks, underwriters, like um, the NASDAQ, they are also really interested in us and what our story will become in the next several years. And eventually we want to go public in the in NASDAQ. Yeah, so that's kind of like one of our milestones. And after that, because we want AI to be uh, within people's reach. So we want AI to be super simple and that's what we're doing. Uh, many of our clients can be able to use AI in a month in their day-to-day um, -day workflow. And we want to bring that concept to even more companies, uh, more enterprises, more SMBs. And um, going public is one of the milestones to get our brand out there and to have more company um, on board and trust our, trust us so that we can bring them the right solution. Yeah. And and just for the sake of our listeners, what specifically does um, MoBagel's technology make it unique as a company? Yes. So uh, we are in the automated machine learning field of technology. And more specifically, we are building an automated time series forecasting engine. And this engine basically takes the timestamp of all the data that are imported into our platform. And we will form new features, new data based on the time frame. Um, for example, like one of our customers, which is the uh, world's top five medical company, um, they use our platform to do their demand planning for like needles, for um, heart pumps, those kind of medical devices. And they need to know um, where are the countries or where are the uh, hospitals that 
um, needed these in the next month and the next two months and even in the next three months. So we need to do this forecasting, uh, predicting like how will people need, how many of these uh, devices will people need around the world? And in order to do that, we have the timestamp with the data and we need to learn the frequency. The AI will learn the, um, that, the trend and the seasonality and it all because of the time series forecasting engine that we're able to do that. And when, we, when, when they have a really good prediction of the demands of the medical devices, they can pre-book the shipping containers and afraid avoid very high freight rates that's um, going, going on right now. And in your opinion, uh, what represents a key area for disruption using AI? Uh, what represents a key disruption? It's basically a, the idea that um, human brains can be augmented, which is why Gartner mentioned us as um, augmented analytics, uh, because of course, human brains are limited and the computing power is limited in the human brain. But when you have the task, um, you pass the task to a computer, the computer as long as you have money, you can extend hardware and the computer has infinite computing power, basically. So the computing, the computers can help human to do a lot of calculations like instantly and computers can do the forecasting instantly. And then the human will make the decision. So it's basically kind of this augmented decision-making that we can help our customers to um, further further be on top of their competitions. And can you think of any, I guess, really, really specific um, use cases? I mean, given given what we have right now with the disruption, uh, I guess, with um, uh, travel um, and COVID, where uh, MoBagel has been really at the forefront in providing a solution. Yeah, so actually because of the COVID, it's kind of like the reasons why um, our client, which is a medical device company, is... Um, really, they, they've been really urgent in finding a solution to cope with the situation. So basically, we brought in like COVID data, travel data, uh, vaccination data, economic data, like the economic situation um, for many countries. We put that in, all that data to predict the right um, needs of all the medical device vaccinations, because um, our clients provide the key um, components to do to do all the COVID vaccinations. And have you noticed any significant differences operating in different markets at all uh, for for MoBagel? I guess dealing with uh, clients from from different different places. I guess comparing China, the US. Um, are there any I guess um, differences you've noticed in in how you have to operate as a company? Yeah, so we have clients in the U.S., China, um, Taiwan, Japan, uh, Southeast Asia, and all, all these regions. And hope we have clients in U.K. very soon. Yeah. Um, oh, actually, yeah, we do. We do have a European client. Um, so I guess um, doing international business, what's really important is um, you got to earn clients' trust right? Because um, we are like all over the place and we're not always on site with our client. 
uh, but how do we earn their trust? And that's just a really important question. Um, so for us, basically, we want to have um, client calls. We want to have meetings with them um, at least like once a week or um, one, twi twice a week or like once every two weeks, whatever. But it's really essential that we are there for them. Yeah. So I think what's different is that once you set up this frequency, um, the US and European clients are pretty satisfied. Uh, but for the um, China and Taiwan clients, probably you will need to even like send gifts um, for uh, events for holidays to um, to keep that relationship. Yeah. So it's kind of like different angle of how you build a good relationship with them. Turning to your personal journey, um, have you experienced any challenges in your entrepreneurial journey as a female leader? And instead, what do you think was the most satisfying achievement you obtained? Um, so as a female perspective? Yeah. 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 So as a female perspective, I think um, one upside is that because um, because right now we have like four partners and I'm the only uh, person that's female. So um, a lot of times um, females will ask questions. Female will ask all kinds of questions. And sometimes that just, you know, like after, after a few questions, um, the team will realize, okay, probably we're just dealing with this, you know, and not the original problem that gets everybody frustrated. So I think um, the upside being female is that you get to ask all kinds of questions and people will just answer it. <laughs> yeah, they won't feel it's inappropriate, but probably it's just like the, the magic of being female. It's like you just get to ask all kinds of questions. <laughs> That's fantastic. The, the, the magic. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and um, just, um, I, I guess, in terms of um, uh, your, your background and leaping onto this entrepreneurial journey, has that always been something you've wanted to do? I mean, um, you know, coming from an AI background, there are plenty of jobs at uh, large companies with very big opportunities. What's, I guess, persuaded you to go down this route of um, setting up MoBagel rather than, um, you know, a, a C-suite job at Google, for example? <laughs> I'm not sure I can get that, but <laughs> um, yeah, so actually I worked at NVIDIA for a while. And as you know, NVIDIA is very good at AI and very good at AI computing. Um, so when I was at NVIDIA, I actually had this feeling about AI is coming up soon because you can see like the computing power needed for the same question to be um, less and less. Basically, you don't need to spend that that much money to finish a job that was really complicated. So you could see the trend and in, in working in NVIDIA. And so that's one thing. It's kind of like, oh, AI trend is really coming. It's really, um, uh, it can be realized because of this um, computing power. The contribution I made was very minimal. Like I couldn't really make an impact um, 
And I just felt like it's just day after day of work, you know. So like I got that feeling as well, which is why I felt that, okay, uh, maybe this isn't for me. So I just need to try something else. Yeah. And what advice you. would you give to any graduates considering starting their own business or like make this impact that you wanted to do? One thing that I really suggest is that think your vision through, like, what are you trying to achieve here? And you need, you would need a very good vision to understand what you are doing, because there are all, all kinds of things you can do. And you're smart, um, you're confident, you can do anything, basically, you can do anything good. But the, but when you get to a point of frustration, you will start questioning yourself, like, why am I doing this? What, what am I trying to achieve? And that's where the point where it's going to define how, how long you can do this for and how successful you can be. So for anyone that's building a business, just think through your vision. That's the first step. And many, many um, like new entrepreneurs would think of um, fundraising as the step one, uh, but That isn't necessarily what I would advise. I think fundraising is just having people to realize your vision. So the more important thing is still your vision. Well, Iru, I think that's all we've got time for today, but it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast with us today. Thank you and have a nice day. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this episode. If you haven't already, join our community online on Instagram, where you can stay up to date with the latest episodes and reach out to us.